0: Hold on a second, let's start that again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madcap. I'm David Ross. I'm Daniel Bloom. And I'm Ben Tolkien. Oh, yeah, special <laughs> guest in the building.
1: It's been a while since we've had a special guest, and this is a very special one. You're going to find out why in just a minute, but for now, we are going to light the ceremonial Robert Mueller candle.
0: We're getting closer to an indictment.
1: So it's working. Yeah, yeah. I love that sound. It's a sound of justice burning. Ever ever closer to the potential savior of this country. Robert Muller III ceremonial (laughs) candle (laughs) has been lit. Uh, We have our traditional start, the hero of the week. I would just like to shout out two people, uh, one group, the organizers of the Women's March, which I attended yesterday, Saturday. How was it? It was fantastic. I didn't really understand how much I needed to be a part of that energy. Uh But with how dark things are getting in the country and our daily kind of struggle of trying to find our way through this madness, it was quite therapeutic to be a part of so many like-minded people who are out there just not taking this bullshit lying down. A lot of interesting, fun signs. My favorite sign was a woman who had a sign that said, we don't need to build a wall, we need a mirror so we can see what we have become i was like damn you are dropping it on everybody out here
0: (laughs) my favorite my favorite last time was like the free melania joint
1: yeah those those are amazing yeah and the other hero is nathan phillips the native american elder who stood stoically and beat his drum and sang his song of the elders in front of a group of maga hat wearing kids from the march for life you say what color they are Uh, They were whites.
2: (laughs) I was shocked.
1: Emphatic whites (laughs) without empathy or uh, much soul going on. And to see how how the public has reacted and elevated. I mean, I'm not so much here for the vilification of the kid because he doesn't know any better. He was raised in a milieu of hate and ignorance, and he doesn't know enough as a young person to see through that. But what I like is that through this, what was meant to be a denigrating act... This man, Nathan Phillips, words have been elevated. So now the world has gotten a chance to listen to this guy's wisdom. And he's a wise dude. He's a very wise dude. He's a he was a water protector out at Standing Rock. He's been an important voice for justice and truth for many years. I didn't know about him. But because of these young punks, now his voice has been elevated. So I think that's the perfect just desserts from that situation. That's amazing.
0: You have a Hero of the Week? Uh, All right. So my Hero of the Week is going to be none other than our guest. Boom. I'll take it. Yeah. Our guest, Ben Tolkien. First time I met this guy was when I was working at DuPont Underground, and Brooklyn Brewery was talking about doing an event down there. Mm -hmm. All right. Probably should be known that I also work for Brooklyn Brewery. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you are branded out right now. Always. Yeah. Brooklyn Always. Brewery, cap. Always on brand. Brooklyn Brewery shirt. Always, yeah, he's got the shirt, the hat, the flannel. No, it's, the, it's not Brooklyn <laughs> Flannel, but still. It's a It's a white boy sales rep. <laughs> so, like, he, co- so I give him a tour, all right? We I give a little tour and I was just like this motherfucker is so goddamn cocky. You know what I'm saying? Like the first time I was like I was like he was like I was like this is a cocky motherfucker. Well, I was like first off, where's the bathrooms down here? Yeah, it there just wasn't like, one. No bathroom. Sorry, just go like, across the street. Just like you know what I'm saying? Like I remember like uh, he had this line. He you talking about your sister? He was like she's kind of a big deal. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> she is. That, like, that's one of the conversations. <laughs> you wouldn't
0: know. In all seriousness, yeah, it's kind so, of a big deal. Eventually, I started to know more of you as the person you know what i'm saying and to learn your story and so like the reason i want to have you on you have a very interesting story and you and you maintain a very positive disposition kind of want to know the raw details of that you know i mean like like i mean like can we start
1: off with where you're from where you were born and where you were raised yes
3: i grew up in uh, milwaukee wisconsin yeah uh yeah and I wear Proud. I have a Wisconsin Badger tattoo on my leg. Uh, and given the opportunity, I talk about Wisconsin as much as possible. Did you go to school there as well? I went to University of Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, my mother has a matching tattoo with me.
1: <laughs> you don't seem like you're joking.
3: Uh, 100% serious. It was Christmas Eve uh, about five years ago here in DC. Yeah. Uh, my sister was living in DC at the time as well. And uh, When you have only two children and you're Jewish and it's Christmas time and your parents live in Wisconsin, they come to DC to hang out. Sure. I We're having lunch. My mom just says, hey, We should go get a tattoo across the street.
1: That's a cool mom right there. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it. No
3: tattoos on her, no tattoos on me prior to. And we decided, why not get Bucky Badger? (laughs) She went first. The guy comes back out and he's like, you know what? You better be good because your mom didn't say a word.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. You should have been like, I'm not doing it. You should have been like, hey, she's been through childbirth. Yeah. Come on. She's built for this. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) 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 But, you know, so now, so now we have
3: a good story. Uh, you know, me and my, my mother have uh, matching tattoos. She always says that she got it on her shoulder so she doesn't show anyone because she hasn't gone sleeveless in 20 years. Uh, she's a principal, but a uh, couple drinks in her, she likes to show everybody. What, uh,
0: what, what, like elementary, middle, or high?
3: She's a principal at a high school. Okay, Charter really? High School in Milwaukee. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so growing right. up in Wisconsin, all right, went went to WISC. Moved out here yeah.
3: right away in 2005. Uh, right after I graduated. Moved out here. Uh, my sister was out here. Uh, I was going to go into the family business uh, back in Wisconsin, which, which is a what? car dealership. Okay. So I was the, the name of it? Uh, it was. Uh, it's no longer. We were a product of the recession. Okay. Uh, it was a, called Bob Tolkien Buick, and eventually Bob Tolkien Buick Pontiac GMC. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I was that little idiot in all the car commercials growing up. Are you serious? Uh, yes. Are they on
1: YouTube or anything? They aren't. Uh, there's oh.
3: one. The last one we did was is actually you can find it somewhere on the internet. He'll but uh, <laughs> 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 we got those. Those tapes were like on beta from like yeah, baby. Uh, so they weren't as, they weren't good enough for anyone to really uh, upload to YouTube. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but think of like the worst local car commercials, and uh, that that was ours. I love it. I yeah. love local commercials. So I grew up in car commercials. I was still doing them. With my father and grandfather, when I was in D.C., they would fly me home, and I would co- for a weekend, and we'd do a car commercial. Are you serious? Yeah. The commercials were on TV. It also, helped me sell cars when I was in college because it's really easy when your name is on the sign. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So when I came home and worked for the summer, it was easy as can be. Get an internship. Made me think I was good at sales, but probably it was just because of the name of the. <laughs> uh, so I'd move to D.C. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I wasn't ready to you know work with dad every day. Yeah. Sister's in D.C. She's like, come out here, live with me. Mm -hmm. I was going door-to-door at that time for uh, Tim Kaine uh, in Northern Virginia. Really? Yeah. She was head of the Young Democrats in Northern Virginia. Nice. Uh So she was like, you can work for me. And I was like, I don't even know what that entailed. Uh Going door-to-door in the summertime in Northern Virginia in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, not fun.
1: So let's jump into your health journey.
3: Oh, yeah. There's a little bit about that. Yeah.
1: Like, how did it all kick off? (sighs)
3: So uh, basically, we're going to go back to right before I turned 31. Mm Mm-hmm. For years, I've, like, decided I was a runner, you know, like, I called myself a runner, never that good at it. Did Uh a couple half marathons, I would run, like, three to seven miles a day at the gym or outside. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, especially for a stumpy little guy. (laughs) And, you know, one day I was, my side started to hurt. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it, and then all of a sudden I'm, like, coughing, I have a cold. So, you know, you take yourself to a doctor, but, like, any healthy 30, 31-year-old, I don't have a primary care physician. I mean, do you guys have one? At, even, I do actually. Do you now? I mean, do you? I mean, did? he's no longer living. There you go. Sorry to hear that,
1: Doctor Alan Greenlee. Love him. Lovely guy. <laughs> did you? Have, but did you have insurance at the time? I did have insurance. Okay. Thankfully,
3: I actually just started my job with Brooklyn Brewery, mm-hmm. um, which was luckily I was I I had insurance because I had insurance issues with other jobs before. Sure. Uh, so I'm I'm insured. Go take myself to uh, Cleveland Park. So I, you know, I go online. And oh, they yeah. have a good walk-in clinic on Porter. Yeah, right there on Porter. Yeah, walk in. You know, I'm like. I think nothing of it. I'm not freaking out yet. Ah, they do a little chest x-ray. We don't really see anything. It could be the early signs of a pneumonia, but here are some antibiotics.
1: Let's go on your way. Like a Z-pack. Yeah, basically. It's like, <laughs> they give those out like candy. Yeah.
3: and they're like, hey, if, you do, if you're not mm. better in two weeks, you should come on back. Well, I wasn't better. Two weeks later, I'm actually much worse. Mm. I'm feeling, feeling horrible. The lungs aren't feeling very good. I don't know what's going on. Then they tell me, okay, we definitely think you have pneumonia. You should go to the ER. Well, thanks. I'm glad I came here for three hours. And now tell me to go to the ER.
1: Go to the ER. Which ER?
3: So I went to the GWER. Okay. And okay. I will tell you guys here never, ever, if you aren't in getting shot, stabbed, and like taken there by ambulance, you don't go to the GWER. Okay. 11 and a half hours Ooh, I was sat there oh in the ER on
1: a God. Monday. That's a lot. On a of time. Monday. Good Lord. For them
3: to tell me I had pneumonia. Okay. And gave me some more antibiotics to be on my way. Wow. Thanks, guys. This is great. Meanwhile, I'm having chest, like pain in my chest, especially when I breathe. And I'm like, this isn't getting any
0: better. Are you you, like no work? Are you just like you can't? I mean, I'm
3: working. You know, I I say that. You can't see it, but I'm using quotes. Like, you're doing what you do. You know, like I'm not like deathly ill, but now I'm starting to sweat through my sheets Mm -hmm. at night. Things aren't getting better. I'm getting worse. Family's freaking out. We do have a history of people being sick in my family. My sister has a lot of health issues as well. And my roommate at the time's mom was... Some, something in healthcare and she basically was like telling him yo this kid's sick it's not as easy as we think it is so then they were like yo two weeks later if you're not better you should go back but I can attest to say that little old lady sitting there at, at a GW hospital about four and a half five hours in turns to me she'd been sitting there too mm-hmm. she has a mask on she's telling me do you have to be here I was like what do you mean do I have to be here do you have to be a GW hospital? I'm like, no, I just, this is, I didn't know where else to go. She goes, child.
0: Sounds like a black woman. She <laughs> was a black woman. <laughs> and, I
3: mean, I didn't know if it was necessary for the story, <laughs> it but is. I, I guess it is. So it's, it, it is. are older for black our woman. listeners. Yeah. She's, did you, and she's like, and she's, did you drive here? I'm like, yeah, I drove myself. You have a car? I was like, yeah. Well, child, I wouldn't have come here. I would have gone to Sibley Hospital. Yeah. Child, you should have gone to Sibley. I'm like, I don't know what Sibley is. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, no, we wait another two weeks. Antibiotics that they gave me because I had pneumonia didn't work. I drive myself to Sibley Hospital. Have you guys been to Sibley? Is it in Bethesda? No, it's it's like Palisades. Okay, so it's cl- it's up there. But okay. Have you? So I'm guessing yeah. you haven't been there. If you, if you, if you want to have a kid here, that's the best everyone. Place. It's the baby. It's the baby hospital. Yeah, know. It. Yeah. And enough. it's the rich white person hospital exactly. essentially. But there's no like the ER is just it's a not it's a non trauma center. Okay. You go into that place, go up to the desk. I'm like, excuse me, where's the ER? And like, you're here. The only one there. Wow. So as I said, words of the wise, anyone listening, you go to Sibley Hospital if you've got a problem, and you can get yourself there. Got it. Good tip. So I'm in there, and they're like, all right, we, looks like you got pneumonia. I'm like, I don't have pneumonia, guys. This is ridiculous. So then, luckily, they have a lung doctor who happens, who has his office there, comes on down, takes a list, and he's like, your lungs are filled with fluid. Oh, shit. It's like, so it could be pneumonia if your lungs are filled with fluid. Let's just drain that out. I was like, what does that mean? Well, he means lean over the desk, let's numb your back, tap it like a keg. Whoa. And drain you. Whoa. So he does it. Meanwhile, my sister's now at the hospital. Everyone's freaking out in the family. They're like, you know, you, this is something. I'm like, you know what? Let's freak out when it's time to freak out. You know, it doesn't do anyone any good. No, yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> well, it's, it's not pretty. So the doctor starts doing He goes, oh, that doesn't look good. I'm like, what doesn't look good, bro? Like, what kind of doctor says that to you? He like, that just doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what is it? Well, the fluid was bloody oh, instead man. of, so it, pus is pus. Uh-huh. No matter where it is in your body, if you have pneumonia, it's like basically a white pus. Yeah. Getting into gross specifics. That's okay. But it was bloody. And he's like, well, this doesn't look right. So he knew it was going to be cancer right then and there. He knew it. He couldn't say it right away. Let's do another chest x-ray. Let's do now a slew of tests because after he sees that. Well, you know, it takes about a week. To, then, chest x-ray. Well, we see some things in your in your lungs now. We see the tumors because now the fluid is gone, which is all they could see on those tests was the lungs. I had a collapsed lung, actually, too. Wow. It sounds worse than it is with a collapsed lung. But it comes back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> it came back. You know, some
3: people say you had a collapsed lung. Look, it's because well, there was a lot of fluid in there. And then, like, it eventually, your breathing comes back. Wow. But meanwhile... So, you know, MRIs, CAT scans, CTs, up until one day, he goes, all right, we can need to talk about this. Come to the office. It was a Tuesday. Uh, Walk in there. He's like, it's definitely cancer. Okay, now it's time to freak out, right? Yeah. What else can you do? Like, you're like, okay. It's like, it doesn't make any sense for you to have lung cancer. You're a healthy person. So we did do another biopsy. Of are you, the, are you a cigarette smoker? I never smoked a cigarette in my life. Wow. Never even tried one. Wow. Yeah, I went right to weed, but not a, I mean, not a crazy <laughs> amount. <but> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Seventh grade came along. I said no to the cigarette. And I was like, yes, I would love to smoke that joint. Mm-hmm. But not anything of crazy significance. Yeah. yeah. So a non-smoker. I'm like, well, this is great. I'm like, so what does this mean? What stage are we at? It's like, Well, based on the size of it, I don't know where it started at the moment. It could be stage two, could be stage three. Well, this is great. Do a biopsy. You know, now we're still waiting another week. But meanwhile, that day, I forget, my parents decide they're flying to D.C. when they find out the news that, you know, Ben's got cancer. Mm -hmm. So what does my family do? Like any other normal people, the Wisconsin Badgers were in town. Oh, my God. And they were playing at Maryland. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to a basketball game. (laughs) Wisconsin win. You know, we lost. we lost two games that entire year. We lost that game and the national championship game. Wow. To Duke. Crazy. And I was at
1: both of them. Really? Yeah. Damn. Well,
3: it was like a make a wish at that point for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, cash it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: so yeah, they, they fly in and then, you know, we are now look, you know, doing about all these different tests. And then it was uh about a week later, and I get a call on like a Wednesday night. After doing his MRI, the doctor's, like, calling me from his cell phone with the kid in the car. He's like, hey, have you had any, like, pain in your leg recently? I was like, my leg? I was like, I mean, a little bit. And, you know what? Being a runner, I thought probably it would be nothing. It was something associated with that. And he was like, well, we actually think your tumor originally or started in your leg and moved to your lung. I was like, what? Now he's like, I think it's a sarcoma. That started in your leg and moved to your line. I was like, we don't know for sure. Sarcoma is soft tissue cancer? It definitely is. Yeah, okay. It's bone or soft tissue. Uh huh. So I was like, all right, that's great, wonderful. Uh, and it could be this thing called Ewing's sarcoma, which is the type of, the more specific kind. We won't know until we get some results back from, uh, about like going out to the molecular level of this thing. I was like, okay, so my first reaction was, I went online and bought a Patrick Ewing (laughs) T-shirt. I wasn't gonna make a Patrick Ewing joke. I did it. I did. I
0: thought about it. (laughs) It's hard not to.
3: Like, I'm still trying to. Like, you know, if it's, I know it's cancer at this point. What am I gonna do about it? I'm freaking out, obviously, mentally. But I wouldn't be me if I wasn't gonna make a joke about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Good man.
3: So I bought a Patrick Ewing t-shirt, and then I'm like, all right, what if I don't have this? Then I just wasted 45 bucks on one of those vintage-looking t-shirts, yeah. Yeah. you know, because you can't just wear, like, that Gildan brand. you got to be a nice soft tee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that heavyweight shirt ain't going to work Fuck for anybody. Fuck you, Gildan. Yeah. <laughs> well, better than you. <laughs> one size fits all when they shoot them out at, at games. But, you right? know. Yeah, we just lost Gildan forever yep. as a sponsor. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
1: damn it, damn it.
3: Anyways. <laughs> So to wrap that part up, I get a call the next day from uh, the oncologist who actually can be a sarcoma specialist. Sarcomas are very rare and they are not found, especially Ewing sarcoma, it's not usually found in adults. Mm-hmm. It's either re- actually really old people or really young people. Mm-hmm. But she calls me up on Thursday. Have any, we have an appointment with her the next day. Uh, she happens to be one floor up from the lung doctor who I've been dealing with. And she was like, I have good news for you. Okay, good news. <laughs> you definitely have Ewing sarcoma.
1: Well, was sick, right? <laughs> you, didn't, you
3: didn't waste money on a shirt. Yeah, I mean, oh, God, the shirt is worth it. <laughs> I actually was thinking that a little bit, but, you know. Small victory. Small yes. victory. You take what you can get in this world, right? Do, yeah, uh, seriously. But, perspective. Uh, <laughs> but, so, okay, I have that. I mean, it's not good news. She's like, but, you know, it's something because what we do is we know exactly how to treat it. Usually people in your age, we treat them like it's Ewing sarcoma because there's a billion different kind of sarcomas out there some of which they've known nothing about they take on a life of their own and some of them they knew know about it all right i got ewing sarcoma next day comes rolls in friday noon meet the doctor all right there's a couple of things you need to do first you need to go to a sperm bank and freeze your sperm wow if you want to mm-hmm. i was like Ugh. i had no plans i wasn't dating anyone i was like i have a girlfriend at the time okay that's that's great. I'm now in the room with my mom, my dad, and my sister. You should probably go sploge in a cup at a, at a sperm bake in the next week. Because <laughs> we are starting you on treatment on Thursday. Wow. Yeah. So here's your plan. You're, you are going to do 49 weeks of chemo. 49 weeks. 49 weeks. weeks. That, that, I mean, looking back, it's a walk in the park and considering what I've been doing for the past four years. Yeah. But yes, 49 weeks is just insane. And the regimen was... I would do three days inpatient treatment. So I'd have to check into the hospital. Wow. I'd sit there, be hooked up for three straight days. I'd then have about two weeks off. And then I would do outpatient five days in a row for about four and a half, five hours every day. And another two weeks off, rinse and repeat that for 49 weeks. Intermixed two different rounds of radiation as well.
1: All it, taking place at Sibley? All at Sibley. And how far away did you live? I was living in Mount Pleasant at the time, so that's not like super close. You have to do the drive. Do the, the time. drive,
3: yeah. But uh, you know, like with well, forty, I mean, that's it. and you're like, well,
1: that's like a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 49, 50, 51, 52. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost a year. And it's
3: really, really heavy, intense chemo. That, yeah. That's what she told me. Yeah. In a very much Tolkien family way of doing things, we left that, went to Pizza Paradiso, our favorite. I love that pizza. place. I worked there back in the day. Nice. That's where I got my start in beer. Oh, I really? learned everything about yeah from 2007 to the 2011. The Georgetown one or the work, Dupont yeah, one? I worked at Georgetown, but that was pre-Dupont even having the beer bar. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. It, was,
0: it was it was back in the day a little we'll bit. Talk about this, the Atomic, the Atomica, yeah, Atomica. It's also, where I had my pizza.
3: rehearsal dinner for my wedding. Oh, there how was nice! Pizza Reap Paradiso. Good call. Of course, come on. <laughs> but uh, we went to Pizza Reap Paradiso for lunch, and at lunch they decided you're not going to want. I was living with roommates in Mount Pleasant. Uh, they're like, you're not going to want to do that when you do so. From there, we signed a lease at a building at like 14th and Chapin, mm-hmm. and the next day, we moved my stuff out Wow! and into a brand new apartment the very next day, <laughs> sperm bank next week, and then started that On Thursday, I started the treatment. So you
1: did go to the sperm bank? I did. Where was that located? That was out in like
3: Fairfax. Uh, you wouldn't think you'd have to ring a bell to let them know that you're finished, but you do.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it's everything you think it would be. <laughs> Uh, there's a little room with a fake plastic leather couch bench. Yeah, and they put down a little piece of like you know sanitariness, so because you don't know who else has been in there, uh-huh. and you just choose your selection on a screen. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. It was very ethnic the choices, like, <laughs> as I recall. I yeah. To
2: ask. <laughs> It was yeah. It was all ethnic stuff, uh, which I was okay with at the time.
3: Where, where, which way did you lean? They, that I will just keep to myself.
1: <laughs> I, um, Watch I, out. I, I, I will say, God, David, stop asking so many personal questions. <laughs> Let's get back to the cancer. Now yeah. <laughs> yeah, your sexual
2: preference.
1: Um,
3: but uh, no, I. But the, the, I legitimately like you're done because in like two seconds and then you sit there for a minute thinking like i should probably wait because it's embarrassing to come out in like 25 Uh, seconds
1: (laughs) they've seen it all before yeah i'm sure (laughs) so you weren't dating anybody at that point no i was not so this is like it was like just preemptive yeah yeah i stopped paying the bill for that but you know so
3: (laughs) legally they can't destroy it so it's there somewhere got it loophole i actually haven't paid a medical bill since i a legitimate medical bill since i started wow i didn't think i was gonna live Wow. And I figure, B, why should they get... I had insurance, good insurance. Yeah. So I need like the copays that I was... good, at. Just kind of let go. Mm-hmm. And I was got away with it. I mean, I have gotten away with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, until this podcast comes yeah, out. Exactly. Ah, whatever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they can come after me. That I get the phone calls.
1: Fun fact, medical debt does not affect your credit score. Nope. Take it. They can't send it to a collection agency. Proceed. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: the more you know. That's but, one for the scammers. <laughs>
3: so, no, I mean, I did the chemo. I did it all. I realized in that process, I'm good at doing chemo. Like, this is it. I'm really good at it. Because, like, what happens is your white blood count goes down, which affects, like, your immune system and you're getting sick all the time. Your red counts go down. And being around lots of sick people, I was doing really well. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly well. Because what happens with a lot of people, especially our age, which is in their 30s or something, if you are doing this kind of regimen, the problem is... Your body can't handle the drugs they're giving to you. Mm -hmm. So if they can't handle it, you got to get taken off of it and wait for your body to recuperate. But in that time, your situation can get much worse. Right. Because there's nothing stopping anything from going on. I never had to miss a treatment once during that time. Flew through. I even went to Europe with my family halfway through for 10 days. Mm Mm-hmm. Just I was like, oh, give me a little break. In between treatments, I jetted off. Got my first blood transfusion to do it. And let me tell you, now you know how Lance Armstrong did that tour de France. <laughs> when you get new blood, you can feel like Superman. Oh, shit. It's just new, because all it is is oxygen inside of you. Mm-hmm. And you. I just felt like I could do anything. I was walking 12, 13 miles a day. Wow. You know, like, who's this, like, pasty, you know, hairless guy? And my parents are like, are you sure? You're-? I'm like, yeah, fine. Let's do it. Anyway, so let's just fast forward. I did the completed the entire 49 weeks. Mm-hmm. I did radiation after that. Became buddies with you know I'm friends with the nurses. I'm friends with people. You know I even had random the random old guys I would hang out with uh, at radiation. Uh, they all had prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. That happens. It does. Yeah. So I had two. We always were at the same time in the morning. We would talk, hang out, just you know shoot the shit every morning right yeah. before we all got zapped. Right. And uh, you know on my last day they were still going. Uh, one of them even, like, brought me cupcakes and a card, and one of the guys wasn't there and then had talked to one of the nurses because he heard that we were all going to go out because I was going to go out with the radiation techs afterwards. They wanted to go out for drinks. Cool. Uh, he gave them money to pay for our happy hour. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a sweet, very sweet gesture. Yes, yeah, it's kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, and so, I, th- you know, we celebrated. You know, I thought it was all done. The scans coming back, we're like, we don't, we're not detecting Anything lighting up like a Christmas tree, Uh, there's still, you know, a mass in your lungs, but it's not, it's not lighting up on our, on our tests. So Mm -hmm. take a break. So I was done. I was like, this is it. I'm good with the knowledge that most likely it would come back at some point, you know, you're not. Stupid, the idea that you know what you have, stage four, Ewing sarcoma in your 30s. It was stage four. Yes. It wow. was, uh, oh, yeah, so yeah go back. It was 100% stage four. Oof. So, I mean, it doesn't get worse. There's no stage five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Be a lot better if there were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, I was actually working throughout the whole time. Yeah. Brooklyn Brewery supported me from day one. They were like, we sell beer, you do you. um <laughs> You know, like, at the end of the day, beer does sell itself for the most part. It's a great job. So, But, they've been supportive completely, 110%. I was back to work. Hair was growing back. At least some eyebrows. I used to have these beautiful caterpillar eyebrows. (laughs) um, And, you know, that was gone. And that lasted about six months before I had to go start treatment again. And it really hasn't stopped since then. I've basically continuously been doing chemo for the past I guess it's been like another three years. hmm Still doing it. Did it Did it a week ago.
1: <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Was surgery ever considered?
3: Surgery was not an option. Uh, it had already progressed to the lungs, and there was no way to take it out or remove it in any way, shape, or form. Now, since the end of that, my first initial treatments and radiation, there has been no detection of cancer in my leg. That was completely obliterated. hmm Which goes to show that when some things especially a sarcoma in this case and a lot of cases when it's caught early things can happen it's treatable it's still bad you still would have to do that whole regimen but had i found it early i probably would be fine right now Mm. and who knows i probably had a pain in my leg at one point but since you're running and you're 30 years old you're like i'm just hurting that's all it is yeah and so you never thought but then again if i hadn't been in such good shape Maybe I wouldn't be able to do these treatments as well as I was doing. So if I was a lazy schmuck on the couch all day and I had a pain in my leg, maybe I probably would have gotten it checked out. But then the alternative would have been... You would have been a lazy schmuck in the uh, first place. I would have
1: been yeah, a lazy schmuck in the first place and yeah. maybe I wouldn't have been able to handle those treatments so well so you mentioned off mic meeting your girlfriend i did yeah you're now married to i
3: recently married on december 30th congratulations yes, you very
1: yes, much yes. so how did you meet her and what was the conversation like when you kind of filled her in on everything you've been going through
3: so you know i'm done with treatment for a while you know i'm starting to look like myself again mm-hmm. uh which was nice uh you know you you learn a little bit about humility when you go from what you think is a pretty good looking guy Mm -hmm. same person but now you have no hair and your skin is as pasty as can be even pasty for me originally you know being a jewish guy from wisconsin (laughs) Uh, And when it gets much worse and it's really bad uh so no i was kind of just doing my thing uh like anyone else was doing about three years ago two and a half years ago swiping right all day long on tinder (laughs) but you met her on tinder oh i met her on tinder
0: i met my girlfriend on tinder
3: (laughs) hey i mean it's you know, we're a success story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, she, it was great. She, uh, she, I swiped right on her. I almost canceled the first date. Um, because that's, that's, that's the move. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
0: power well,
2: play. It, <laughs> we it
3: was. So she's a teacher, and so she was often. She was off all summer. Cool. Um, and I was at a going away party for a friend uh, at Bourbon and Adams Morgan. I love that place. Loved. I know. Rest in peace. I know. <laughs> Pour some out. Yeah. Not literally. So. I had gotten a little wasted the day before, just, it was insane. The place wasn't really open, it was just a going away party for one of the staff members who was moving out west. So, I'm meeting up with a friend, getting coffee in Columbia Heights. Uh, The next day I'm like, I got this date with a girl, or she's supposed to come over, we have have drinks, and I really just wanna cancel on her. Like, this is, I just feel awful. I can't drink. And my friend was like, just do it, who cares? So, we moved along. So, Abby decided to come over to my apartment. I was like, "That's bold." Yeah, it was daytime, and yeah. I have a dog. So, <laughs> and I got that dog right after uh, the treatment ended. Uh huh. It was a present from my folks, I guess. What's nice dog's name? Uh, Millie
0: from Milwaukee. Okay. <laughs> she's, an, she's an Irish doodle. Yeah, money. Oh, Millie, oh, Millie, oh, Millie, oh, Millie, oh, Millie, oh, Millie. Oh, Millie, oh, Millie, Millie. <laughs>
3: so an irish setter poodle mix real manly Uh, (laughs) funny stories about that one too (laughs) but uh so i made sure i would walk i walked outside so she would feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with the dog Mm -hmm. you know you know she the dog was only about six seven months old at that point okay yeah and so you know we had she had a we had a beer in my place i'd actually told her already the situation that i don't come through Mm -hmm. just via messaging like you know this is what it is yeah this is what i had gone through i'm seemingly okay at the moment but you know you do you like it's up to you i mean she obviously swiped right and i wasn't using like really old photos they are all very recent Mm -hmm. i wasn't gonna you know catfish anybody yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do watch that show (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and i mean the long story short she never left uh we have seen each other since then and it was six months into our relationship uh, where I went, my doctor, who used to be at Sibley, when I was done, she actually took a new job in Boston. Uh-huh. And I followed up with her. I was continuing to do my follow-ups with her, so I fly to Boston, see her, do my scans to see what's going on, and then we would go from there. So six, it was about, like I said, six months in, uh, I'd take my trip to, to Boston, hoping for all the best. Things were going pretty well, and then news came that you know there's some new tumors in my lungs. And I would have to start treatment again. And in my mind, I'm like six months into this relationship, we're probably already saying I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, things happen
0: fast. You're in your 30s, you know.
3: We're not kids anymore. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I realistically was hoping to get rid of her, in my mind. Uh, I just didn't, A, see where this would go with us. Um, You know, being in treatment, doing the whole thing. And she... Never seemed to waver of wanting to continue the relationship, which is crazy. And so, onward and upward. Uh, Like I said, uh, I proposed her uh, at the end of June, and... Well, she did say yes, obviously, since I have a ring on my yeah, hand. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And uh, that day, we, of course, flew to Milwaukee. Because <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, I call it Jewish Christmas. Uh, we go home to Milwaukee in the summertime for the 4th of July. Yeah. Because why would you go home in the wintertime? <laughs>
2: so, 4th of July
3: for me is always like Jewish Christmas, is that's what I call great. That's my time to go home. Yeah. My parents have a big barbecue. Her parents were already planning to come to Milwaukee okay. to, for the barbecue. They have friends also who live randomly in Wisconsin. So it was a whole big celebration. Uh, Randomly went to a Jethro Tull concert that night. I
1: love Jethro Tull. As do I. Love him.
3: Ian Anderson is 70 years old, running around (laughs) playing the flute, kicking his
2: leg around.
0: Come on. Now it's a song that's not beginning.
3: Know Jethro Tull? I know the name. Yeah, you probably think the guy is Jethro Tull. Only rock
1: band with a lead flute player, lead flautist. You don't know. Yeah. I don't.
3: If you don't know, it's like, if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
1: Oh my God. Because uh,
3: uh, it was Summerfest, it was a big uh, music festival in Milwaukee. My parents happened to be going that night. So I, I doubt she ever thought, you know, uh, getting proposed to, she would then be at a Jethro Tull uh, like 50th anniversary concert that night, but that's where we were uh yeah we got married on december 30th where uh right here in dc at district winery Huh oh, yeah super fancy very nice uh we she walked in we only looked at one place in in dc cool and she walked in came out in tears uh and i was like yeah this this is what's gonna have to happen yeah so yeah and we did it we did the whole thing in about four and a half months
1: side question yes is she jewish she's
3: not a jew not a JWO. <laughs> not a big deal in our family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was raised Jewish. Uh-huh. I went to Jewish camp, uh-huh. as as lots of us do. Uh huh. But I haven't gone to temple since basically I had my bar mitzvah. My parents, once we moved, stopped going as well. Yeah. You know, there's always thing with like the temple dues, and you know, is <laughs> we were going to one place and the temple moved and they didn't go with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, she's not Jewish and not 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 an issue, and mm-hmm. me being a Jew not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, her family's great. They obviously know everything. Sure, I got the got the whole you know barrage of
0: what are you doing? Like, <laughs> but it worked out. <laughs> Again, congratulations, Owen, on your recent nuptials. nuptials. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a line that you told me at the Brooklyn event at the Black Cat. You, know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. you told me the first thing you learned about cancer is that it's not about you. Can you unpack that?
3: so it's like you know your parents come everyone's freaking out around you your friends you might be i probably was one of the first people like your friend group he's the first one who gets sick and then you're on i'm that guy now i'm this i'm the cancer guy i'm the a i'm gonna be the person who dies i think or you're gonna be the first person that no one knows what to do right and people are looking at you you get funny looks like when they find out no one knows what to say They're just like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, there's nothing you can do. And I thought from day one, and I learned in just looking at the family and everyone who are beyond supportive, but and friends that I'm going to have to make everyone else around me comfortable first. It's just going to be easier for me for everyone else to be comfortable. Whatever position that puts me in is one thing. I can handle it. You know, doctor always said you probably should go see a therapist, you know, like you have stage four Basically terminal cancer. Um, you should probably go see a therapist. Never decided to do it. Um, just not, wasn't the right thing for me. But like I said, I just wanted everyone else to be more comfortable around me than even me. So if I, you know, the hair came, went really quick. So you can't hide your sickness. You might feel good one day, but looking in the mirror doesn't, will let you know right away that you're not healthy. You're not, you're not good. You're sick. Everyone sees you're sick. Like you have a cold. Or you can take some you know, over-the-counter drugs, and you can feel better. And you can go out. You can have a good time. And people aren't going to treat you any differently because you have a cold. Because yeah. you're not shown any symptoms. You walk around every day. You're cancer. That's who you are. Mm. Everyone's going to give you a look. Your friends do. People don't know what to say. So it's easier for you to throw out whatever you, I need to say to make them feel good, whether it be a joke, whether it, you know something to make light of the situation. That's what I would do. And that's what I have done four years now. So, like I said, I would rather everyone else feel good around me because I'm going to feel better than two. If you can just treat me like I am a normal human being, which I'm not, I know the situation's not normal, but like I said, I would rather you look to me and treat me like you would have six years ago. Probably is a bigger
1: dick then, but <laughs> <laughs>
3: if it's possible.
0: No.
1: So, what is the prognosis at this point? It's
3: a horrible question. Ah! Prognosis is never a good way to put it, or like, what's like a... I take it back. I didn't even <laughs> no, no. say that. No, I always... It's... I've just... Obviously, I, in my head, I would say... I wouldn't say it normally, but since, you know... No, open up, by all means. Because pro- everyone's different. You know, I probably should be dead at the moment. Realistically speaking, like, I'm on a second line drugs that are... When I went back to treatment, I was doing essentially the drugs I'd done prior to. A little bit more of a smaller scale. They worked for a while. I had to stop them. I did a trial which was awful. That didn't last. Didn't do anything for anybody. <laughs> but, of course, I lasted longer in the trial than most because I'm good at chemo. Mm. And it, now I'm on like, these second-line drugs, and they're continuing to work. Uh, they have. Uh, they don't work for a lot of people. But then again, I have an- another scan on Thursday, so we'll see. And there's other, there's more drugs out there to try to do. Basically, I, at this point, until, unless something breaks through, I do a trial, that, which is amazing, uh, which you're always on the look for. I can for as long as I'm here, I'm going to be doing chemo treatments. That's just the way it's going to be. I've come to terms with that a while ago, but that's what the prognosis is. Mm-hmm. It could get smaller a little bit, depending here and there, but at the end of the day, this is more maintenance than anything in my life. I don't know. I mean, I probably don't have decades. Probably don't have a decade. It could be five years, it could be six, but I'm not the other person who has it. They're not me, and so you can't really tell. It's you know, it's unfortunate. Like I have met people. I've had people reach out to me who were my age who found out about my situation there was an article about me a couple years ago uh in washingtonian uh it was called like my mr chemotherapy contest uh which was written from another patient during the time i was doing the original round of treatments i didn't really know him at all didn't even know actually he exists i knew he existed but i never met him uh and he happened to be a writer for washingtonian who was in his 30s and also had a ewing sarcoma I believe it was around stage one for him, but same regimen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote this article. It was a great article uh, put out in December of twenty something, eighteen maybe. Or we'll link to it in the
1: show notes. Yeah,
3: whatever. My last name wasn't in there, but you know, people can figure things out pretty easily. Uh, and you know, like I've met others who had sarcomas that were are at my age. A girl who lived around the corner from me, actually. And you know, unfortunately, she's no longer here. So you just don't know what's going to happen uh it can go quickly people's are some people's tumors move faster slower and like i said i've never had to like basically stop treatment for any reason uh whereas that's most people do mm-hmm. so um apologize again no, for that I terrible apologize. phrasing of that question but, every, damn it, it, but damn. that's a question everyone everyone <laughs> asks what's the
1: prognosis well i should have asked you like what are you what are you looking at going it, forward more or less a, but it, a more it, artful it, way but i only asked that to set up this next question which is how has this changed the way you live your daily life or has it like what on a a day to day still my question yeah i did i think i'm less of an asshole than i used to be yeah um yeah i mean not that i was like
3: the biggest jerk in the world i've always been friendly and outgoing bob's buicks you (laughs) know yeah i mean you you gotta live up to grandpa's reputation (laughs) (laughs) um i try not to sweat little things as much um at the end of the day like You still just got to be you like you're gonna go out there you got to be you and everyone who knows me gets annoyed that i always say it is what it is such a horrible statement but it's true it is what it is i can't help it i'm much better at sitting through traffic (laughs) because i can't control it yeah you're stuck you're there it was actually part of the that article and i I mentioned that uh when that guy reached out to me uh to, to follow up on some things he was asking i was like it's like sitting in traffic I'm here, I have no control over it. I got here, I'm stuck here. I can't move until the other guy in front of me does. What am I gonna do about it? Sweat the things you can control. Worry about the things you can control. I have no control over what happens to me when I go to the doctors, kind of. I also, you find that you should never take what a doctor says or a nurse tells you at face value. You literally 110% have to be the master of your own destiny. If they tell you no, they can't see you, or they tell you there's no time, there's always time. You just don't take no for an answer if you know, and you have to know as much as they do. Hands down. You just have to go there informed because I got to tell you there's if I hadn't learned from my sister who's had health issues as well to basically be forceful. Te- you tell them what you need, you will just be one of the many and you can just fall through the cracks. And also don't be a jerk, like be nice to people. But um case in point the other day I was coming back from the honeymoon, which was where uh, we went to Jamaica. Oh, huh. uh, we were in the grill, which is which was nice, awesome. Sounds nice. Yeah. nice. Wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I needed to do treatment right away. Like it was, I skipped a week or two that I should have been there, and I was like, I need you. It's like, sorry, we, I can't fit you in. We're just not available. There's no time. I was like, no, there is time because I need it, and you have to do it. You take that at face value. I'm sorry that schedule. Can you can you wait another week? Well, maybe I could, but guess what? I'm not going to. So I tell him, go back to him. No, I need to do it then. Oh, miraculously, there's all these times available that I can come. If you can't just take it at face value, it's also when he comes back to sales. Like, you know what? You're selling something. Like, someone gives you a number. Well, that's not always the end all be all of what it's going to be. There's always a negotiation in everything. If you want to get something done, you just can't take what someone else tells you. Like, yeah, sure, great. Yeah, bro, it's fine. I'll take my chemo in a couple weeks. <laughs>
1: Thanks. <laughs> but that's a good lesson. I mean, I think a lot of people, for good reason, they have doctors, nurses, medical professionals up here, way up in their mind. Just and it's like their people. word is like God.
3: It's BS. These, half these doctors don't know anything, and they, 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 don't, <laughs> they don't care. What I mean, you are just walking in there. I get five, ten minutes of doctor time. It doesn't matter if you're terminal or if you just got diagnosed. I mean, they're, go- they're trying to get through their day, too. And you can't fault them for, like, not remembering everything, so you got to make sure they know. Right. That's all I mean. Like, doctors know stuff.
0: Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> if they knew how to fix me, they would, right? Have you had any, like, legitimate, by-yourself, freak-out moments? Countless. Okay.
3: Countless times. How do you not? Yeah. I mean, I... I take Ambien every night to sleep because I sit there and then your mind goes nuts. I've been taking Ambien since I started. A, they give it to you because they put you on steroids when you're doing chemo and then that just makes you go like through the roof and like your just body's always going. But now it's just like, it's, it's also anxiety, man. Like you have, a, I have more crap going on, you know, than anyone. Like I have a job. Let's just say this last six months, I have a job. I'm planning a wedding. I'm doing chemo and I have to plan trips to get get the chemo do follow-ups on chemo, but then you also have a life. You're trying to deal with in-law, your new in-laws, your parents, family. Like, yeah, you have freak-out moments all the time. And your doctor moved to Boston. The doctor lives in Boston. Come on, I, like- I now I actually now do treatments out in Fairfax at mm-hmm. the Virginia Cancer Center. So you have to cross the river. Got to cross the river. Deal with that. I try to go early in the mornings, so like seven thirty a.m. When if I do do it, yeah. Um, back to the original. Yeah, freak out, of course, but take a breath. Go on with your day. It's, it goes back to, like, being able to control what you can control. Like, that's out of my hands. I just... I Caution to the wind. If I would have found religion, it would have been a long time ago, and that's not going to happen. That
1: was going to be my next question. Do you believe in God?
3: I mean, I, I don't actually have an opinion, really, either way. Like, I don't pray... I'll quicker wish when it's eleven eleven on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, it's... Yeah. No, I mean, like... Funny story, my mom was, I was doing the impatient for the first time, like the the chaplain of the hospital comes in, she kicked him right the hell out. <laughs> She's like, we don't want you, get oh out of god. here. Oh my god, that's But amazing. no, I, I have. I found no religious anythings
1: uh, in this process. I was more considering, like, your upbringing. Like, did you believe in God prior to that, or I really? I never yeah. really
3: there is an entity that's great um <laughs> i never was like big on the idea of like some giant guy in the sky like yeah the jewish upbringing was more cultural than it was religious for me mm-hmm. uh, i
1: think with a lot of people actually these days but true millennials <laughs> what about fate do you believe in fate that's a tough one
3: um was I like, destined to meet my wife i don't know I don't, fate i'd go no because so I'm born, and then 31 years later, I get cancer, and I have to go through this crap. Like, what's fate? It's called, I mean, it's a, you are just dealt a crappy hand.
0: But you also could have done this, you also could have been, could have uh, had to go through it alone. True. I have a wonderful family.
3: Yeah. But like, you know, knock on wood, thank, thank the Lord, or whatever, Uh, whatever that may be. But like, fate is totally different in my mind. Like, I don't. Like the stars weren't aligned that I had a good family so I got cancer, so it would be easier for me. I'm lucky because of that. And I can foresee a question like this coming from, which everyone does, is like, do you think your good attitude helped you through this or is makes you more special than someone else? And I always say no. I don't preach what I do to anybody because you know what? For every one person that had a great attitude, there's countless people who are dead who had wonderful attitudes that just didn't have the body makeup that I have. It would be fate, like if it was in that movie Signs, that like you know, if I splashed water in myself <laughs> at
2: the end, I'm like hey,
3: you're good now, because I like to have half-empty glasses everywhere. No, that's not an Mnet Shyamalan
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that reference. Good job. So, I mean, like, how do you treat your time here? I'm like trying to ask these questions. In, I try like, to a, live in oblivion
3: am- in my own situation.
0: Okay. I truth be
3: told, like. I went out partying last night. Should I have done that? Probably not. I didn't drink an ounce during that 49 weeks of chemo radiation. I was like, I was to the book. I knew it wasn't going to hurt me. The only way it hurts you is if like you're nauseous, you don't want to add any more being nauseous to it. I told my doctor, actually, the first time I'm going to throw up is going to be when I'm partying after this is over. Right. And it actually did happen very shortly because I just was not ready to drink again. Mm -hmm. But- for the same way that it's easier for me to like make everyone else around me feel comfortable with my situation by either making a joke, making light or being completely forthcoming with everything. because It's like when people ask me, can I ask you this? Can I like, yeah, you can ask me. It's my every day. Mm. This is my life. It's a day in the life for me. Going to chemo is my routine now. And it has been for quite some time. Like what have you been doing consistently
0: for four years? podcasting definitely podcasting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you've changed I mean, yeah 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 podcast yeah, changes your focus yeah. changes but like yeah. I've done this this is my day to day it's my life so it's I can talk about it you want to know something you just ask me and it makes everyone easier but to get through my day it's so yeah some days are better than others like but I'm not going to stay in bed all day can't I got that damn dog <laughs> <laughs> people Millie. always talk about staying in bed all day yeah I could do it but like I have to take the dog out
0: Millie, good old Millie good
3: old Millie, uh, Millie, uh, Millie. Um,
0: there's yeah, something
1: profound
3: about that though it is, maybe Millie was it up by fate you know
0: <laughs> perhaps
1: <laughs> the whole concept, it's remarkable in a lot of ways, as is your attitude as is the fact that you're willing to sit here and talk so openly with us about this, it's, it's phenomenal, I mean the whole thing is made orders of magnitude trickier with the addition of your marriage mm-hmm. so I just wanted you to reflect on that like what were your thought processes in terms of you know you it's one thing to say I'm going to live in oblivion to my situation it's another thing to bring somebody else into true that. and it's not a, it, you, know, you actually don't live in oblivion your
3: situation it's like a full-on like you know you'll have like a good few hours and like you know then you pass by the mirror and you're like yes that's me still there I am fuck I don't want to look like that but that's what it is Happen to have a little bit of facial hair right now, you but do. Like that's it. It comes and goes. Yeah. Like for the wedding, I had nothing. Uh huh. I was like so annoying. Like then, I, then like a week later, some came back. Whatever. Right. But the marriage thing, I mean, it, it's there's a lot to think about. Like because you think about you know what's going to happen when I die. Am I making it worse for this person? Is she wasting her time doing this? And it had to come to the fact that like, you know, everyone comes out. You got to do things that make you happy. So. Staying with her made me happy. Being with her made me happy for the past two years. I say two years because it's been the six months of, like, engagement and. So, the two years went by. My, you know, truth be told, my family had the ring ready before I was ready to propose to her. I really? remember this. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, what is happening? What world am I living in? I, like, we've talked about the idea. My grandmother passed and I have a sister and I have... Uh, two cousins that are under that family, mm-hmm. four grandchildren. My cousin's married, and my my sister is currently single. So if any good looking, you know, a bit, she's fantastic. We're, we're taken. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like you're not you don't you don't really give yourself a wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So when my grandmother passed, it was bestowed upon me, and since my cousin works for a jeweler, it was an easy transition to get that rock out, make a ring. I mean, we—it was on the horizon, and then it, the ring was—it was—it was done around Christmas time last year. When are you gonna do it, man? When are you gonna do it? I'm like, hey guys, you gotta slow down, slow your roll. It's gonna happen. But in thinking about, it, I'm like, do I want to do this? Do I want to be married?
2: I could be. Yeah,
3: it's good. You know, like it was never like a you know. As a young boy, I just had this dream <laughs> wedding. <laughs> I'd put on a bow tie at home and play wedding. You know, like, or like, <laughs> I did, yeah. Probably. So it wasn't,
1: it wasn't something that you had, like, absolutely defined for no, yourself as a young person. No, definitely not.
2: And
3: I definitely didn't want a big wedding, but, you know, things happen. Yeah. Um, but it was also, in talking to her and her family, her family's been more than open and welcoming, and uh, maybe they live in oblivion, too, or... In, They have a really good attitude, as I do, or maybe it's because I've gone into meeting them with this larger-than-life, not accepting whatever reality might be between what it actually is, which we don't know, but I think she wanted it. She wanted to be married to me, and it was important for her to have this wedding. It was important for me at that point then to make this person who made me happy for this long to do as whatever i can as well now i'm not it sounds like you're then saying oh, i did it for her that's not at all true mm-hmm. it was for me obviously I, you know you don't go through this because you don't want to but it is a complete mind fuck because at the end of the day i think often about what it's going to be like for her when i go when i'm gone. i mean it could be five years now it can be tomorrow i mean you know, could get hit by a bus too but That has caused as much anxiety Mm -hmm. uh, as anything else, is worrying about her, Um, what her dependence upon me is. It's not financially at this point. We're both in our 30s, she does her thing, I do mine. But it's just the emotional toll it could be on someone and how everything will go at that point. And as I feel healthy and feel pretty good at the moment, I try to then, at those moments, not think about it. Because in doing what I do, I have more than enough time when I'm, like, doing treatment, you have so much alone time, more more than you'd ever want. Mm-hmm. But then again, when people come around, you kind of act like a jerk because you feel like crap. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when you're sick, you don't ever want to hang out with people. No. And so now we've actually left had to learn that, that tightrope with each other because you don't want to make someone your, your whipping post. Like, someone should not doesn't need to be your outlet for anxiety, feeling crappy. So I have had to learn, and she's had to learn – When I'm doing the treatment, we just kind of have to keep it mellow. Maybe she makes the decisions on what to eat for dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As long as it's not spicy, because it doesn't go well with chemo. You don't want to eat spicy Indian food. (laughs) What happens? Noted. I mean, it's just for me, I have a weak stomach, as Uh a lot of my Jewish brethren have. Yep. Uh But uh, you exacerbate that with a belly full of chemo, and you add some
1: spice to that, it's going to be bad news bears. Just, you know. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So what's remarkable, listening to you talk about this, is it's like you have both chosen to grab a hold of love rather Mm -hmm. than to give in to the fear of it. Yeah. That is fucking awesome.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I I don't know how many people that could have happened. You know, I mean, definitely the other people I swiped right on maybe not have done it. I'm glad I obviously went on that damn date.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank that friend. God, talk about a good decision.
3: Yeah. That friend spoke in my wedding. Nice. Nice. Uh, And I actually was in her wedding. Uh, A few months ago Where I walked her down the aisle Oh How sweet Yeah Close friend Obviously Yeah
0: (laughs) Question Yes Wedding song
3: Wedding song So In what part
0: What was run of show Uh, Run of show (laughs) (laughs) You can answer the question Any
1: way you want (laughs) So
3: Music during this Let's go during the ceremony Yeah I came out to Talking Heads Cool Yeah What song Need a melody
2: Home I I having fun. Stay-
3: this must be the place? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I. She came down to the a uh, string uh version of Jurassic Park. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 that was my choice. Amazing.
1: Beautiful. But
3: it, it, it's really good. It is. It's <laughs> <laughs> that, really good. Didn't want to go traditional because yeah. who yeah. wants that? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
3: and then the first song I always feel needs to be more of a contemporary song. Mm hmm. So like, you know, everyone always, like, you have like these classic songs that, and everyone does that Ray LaMontagne song. Yeah. It's so awful. It's so stupid. It's so song, cheesy. You
1: <laughs> the best thing. Oh I DJ God. weddings sometimes, yeah. so I know all <laughs> that. So
3: we actually had a uh, this like nine-person band. Ooh. Uh, they were awesome. Cool. Uh, my best man used them at their wedding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his sister-in-law had them at her wedding. Yeah. So I've, I've I've heard them, and they you know, the, learned- only,
0: the only blacks in attendance. What are they called? <laughs> there they were <laughs> what? Blow, blow. What do they, they call? They're called Attraction. Uh,
1: they're Attraction. out of Richmond. Attraction. That's a great name for a band. I love That's it.
0: That's an amazing name. There was, the,
3: the band leader was white. You know, <laughs> kind of like a basketball coach. But Oh, um, wow. <laughs> but, uh, so we did the song for uh, the, the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga song, Shallows. Wow.
2: In the
1: I bet they play that shit at every wedding since then, yeah. too.
0: So we did that. <laughs> You helped them out. Yeah. <laughs> you gave them some traction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, a what a play on words.
1: <laughs> so, zoom out for me. What are the greatest things in your life? Like, what gives you joy? What are your, as we talked about in the last episode, your wheels of happiness?
3: I mean, I like to eat. We go out to eat. I like to party. And I just like to hang out and be with my friends. And... I mean a frozen pizza and a movie, and hanging out at home is one of my favorite things in the world to do, yeah, since this all happened, I became a weird planner, like I never planned things before,- mm-hmm. so now it's like just the other day like i was I was amped up because Bad Saint decided to have uh reservations. That's right, so i <laughs> I mean, I even worked at room eleven briefly, and I know a couple of the people who own that, and I'm like, I've never been because I'm not waiting in line, yeah, so boom. I'm going tomorrow after tomorrow night you know like nice i get hyped to do like go out and eat some good food um i'm not gonna say like i i'm like the the world traveler because i'm not if i had a private jet and i had that kind of flow like yeah, yeah. i would do it <laughs> like i just it's annoying when people telling me i just love to travel it's like my passion well where have you been well yeah i went to like saratoga springs or <laughs> <where>, like <laughs>
0: <laughs> niagara falls i
3: mean i've been to a bunch of places and i'd love to do that but i mean considering my situation i can't do all that kind of stuff I mean, I don't ha- I, I mean, a good book, no, I haven't read in forever. Tried it on vacation, not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, the mundane is good for me. I like little things. Like, you, you know? probably
0: appreciate the mundane more than ever. Yeah, yeah,
3: I mean, I've also, but I've also even like grown up as a little kid, like my favorite thing was my little guys, action figures, you know, like a little toy was always like the my hat, like things that I wanted, you know? But yeah, like these days, like on any given day, like, Going out for a good meal, hanging out, having a few drinks, being able to have a few drinks Mm -hmm. and hanging out with Abby, my my sister, my my folks when they're not completely bothering me. But like it's nothing, you know, of the extraordinary that I need to really just like get me through a day or like get me through a week, month or
0: even a year. (laughs) How are your parents handling all this?
3: You know, it's funny because I told you my sister has gone through some health issues. Yeah. As well. I mean, my sister's had two bone marrow transplants. Wow. Yeah. She is in a, a rare autoimmune disease, which she's been dealing with for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, hers is genetic. Mine just happens to be shit, like, you know, bad luck. So my sister and I both have normalized cancer for a lot of people. Not my parents. I can't imagine we have for them. Uh, my dad actually had a prostate cancer surgery during this whole process. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fine. He's doing well. Good. <laughs> nothing. Nothing came of that. Mm-hmm. You know, as we saw, old men get prostate cancer. Yeah, it yeah. Just, it's just you know, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mother, on the other hand, she uh, I think she's almost detached herself a little bit from everything that goes on. She does live a little bit in la la land, but you know, she's dealing with it the best she can. Like they want to be there more than I need them here, and so that's also been part of the process. And then everyone realizing I'm not someone who wants someone like next to me when I go to treatment. I'd rather go by myself. I don't want them to come with me to the doctor's appointments. I'd rather
0: do it by myself. So when you fly to Boston, you go by yourself?
3: Yeah. I've had people have one time, I think my sister came. My sister is also someone who will just show up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And she, she, at first she did that, you know, when I first was getting diagnosed and when I was going to the initial appointment, I told her not to come. I was like, I gotta do. I was gonna go. Well, she happened to be in the parking lot, because <laughs> I actually called her right when I found out, and she was like, oh, actually, I'm outside the office. <laughs> so, I, cause I did want her there. That yeah. At that, that yeah, when yeah. I this was the initial diagnosis day. Yeah, yeah. Even before it was Ewing sarcoma, which is cancer. But I think over time, everyone and I've learned myself that it's easier for me to do these things by myself. Abby really wanted to come next week to come to Boston, and I just said not to do it. There's something about being in a doctor's office and getting news and then looking at someone's face. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't like. I don't like looking at someone else's face even if it's good news. It's and then they look to you for a reaction. I'm like, "No, just you can have your emotions, have your feels, but like don't look to me to have a certain reaction if I'm cuz then it's uncomfortable cuz they're looking at you waiting for like you to do something, right. say something, react a certain way. I'm going to do it however I'm going to do it. I'm either gonna try to hold in some tears or I'm gonna put out some tears in the world. Not that masculinity or care one way or the other, but I'm just gonna have my own reaction to it. And I have my own questions. I'm gonna come into that meeting prepared. I also don't want someone asking dumbass questions
1: that I know the answer to. (laughs) Right. Again, managing other people (laughs) and their reactions and their expectations. Exactly,
3: it's just let me do this and then we can talk about it afterwards. In a different setting where we can have a dialogue and or no dialogue because I'm going to either be in my own head, everyone's going to know eventually. I'm not keeping things a secret. I'm a, My family knows. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell everyone that I'm going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, They want to be a part of what goes on. They would love to be here. They are willing to do anything, drop at a moment's notice. I've luckily been able to be independent in the most of this. And I like that. For me, I enjoy it. I know they're there for me. They help me out every step of the way. But uh for the most part, I like to not be dependent on other people to do things for me mm-hmm. cuz I know there's going to be a point I'm going to need more help. And that's could be right down the road or could be years down the road. And for me, right down the road is not years. For like I can't think like that. So, which is annoying. <laughs> so you can't think like, well, when this. So I think years is a long-ass time. Whereas you might think of like a decade as a long-ass time. I'm thinking a year is a long time. But, you know, my conception of time and how I deal with it feels very different. Had that thing with the the wedding process, too. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do it sooner than later. Uh I was like, I'm not going to wait another year to do this. Right. I don't know what's going to happen in a year. Yeah. Luckily, we found a really good date and it worked. And it worked for everyone. But I pushed along my agenda a little bit more than...
0: Maybe some people thought new to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because, like, after, so after, like, you told me about, like, all of this, all right, so every, everything, like, got kind of it, like, your health history and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, like, you talk about, like, thinking about, like, time in terms of uh, years and stuff like that. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this. I was, like, whether well, I was okay. I would, like, check in with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm like, I'm like, other people I know, like, I can fade out a little bit, but, like, I check in because I just just to just to check in, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like, and I and I was and I was talking. I'm like, should I feel bad about this? She's like, no, I, I feel like that's a. I feel, but I mean, it's understanding like how long we're here and stuff like that is like is like a very difficult thing to process. You know, it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, no one no
3: one can process it. I don't know what happens. I'm not like I said. I don't know what happens when we're gone yeah. either. I don't have like this grand illusion that I'm gonna like be walking around yeah. with, you know, wings on me and like I don't have any idea of that. But like. If you want to check in, you check in. Yeah. That's your call too. Yeah. Like, you know, a text message doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, if I if I think you're being an annoying, if I don't like you, I cannot respond or I
1: can do whatever I'm going to do.
3: Good thing I like you, but, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> So that seems like the big difference is you don't take anything for granted. You don't have that option to just say like, well, dot dot dot. It's like I've got to make the most of what I've got here.
3: Try to, but I'm not like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not like the guy who's like Live today like it's your last. Like, no. I mean, I, I still watch Bravo and, like, you know, like, I, I want to I know, I know what's happening on Below Deck. Uh, you know, <laughs> Captain Lee is awesome. And, I, you know, I, I do the same thing anyone else does. Yeah. But with, yes, a different mindset on a regular basis. But, like, no, I'm never going to be like, Yo, I'm living every day like it's my last, bro. <laughs> Catch a wave. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like... What about like compl- like like a, like a, like a Quicksilver T-shirt or like a No Fear? <laughs> yeah,
2: not,
1: I, don't
3: like, I don't have like a mantra.
1: No Fear T-shirt. It's not, the it's not the size. of the Ocean City. Not the size. The dog in the fight. That's more like the co- fight in the dog. More co-ed naked T-shirt than No Fear T-shirt. Oh what those God. Big Johnson's. Big t-shirts? Johnson T-shirt. <laughs> what about complainers? Like we're in the oh. er- we're in an era of just bloviating endless good question pointless good question complaining. A Great question and I, I, I just can imagine from your perspective you just look at people like are you are you so stupid that you are wasting your time yes. complaining about things yes. that nobody cares about well
3: i'm a very impatient person in general like just it's like my patience for others can be tested very easily and yeah i just it's awful like great moment i was uh at saint x with a friend of mine mm-hmm. uh-huh. great bar uh, yeah. Great bar, and I live close by. I've been going there for a while. It was maybe like just after I finished some treatment, or I was like a couple weeks out. And this w- girl was sitting there, and she was just saying, "No one can have like the worst. This is the worst thing that's ever happened." Um, oh my- and she just wouldn't shut up. And we're like, we're not trying to converse with her, but then she's like, you know, you get that look, like she, like she wants to like tell yeah. you yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was, yeah. but it was so stupid and mundane. <laughs> and we were both sitting there like we just wanted to shoot our brains out like and hers
2: <laughs>
3: she wouldn't shut up and she's like complaining to her friend and like oh god and now we're like somehow we're talking to each other and like i'm just trying to hold my tongue <laughs> and i and i was like this is I was like dude i have to do it yes <laughs> <laughs> like bro like i have to do this it's, like I, you know i don't do this i have to break out the cancer card i have to I want to make her feel bad. <laughs> and I do it's not something I do often. Yeah. yeah.
1: I try not to. You don't take this step lightly. I don't.
3: <laughs> so I just broke it all down for her. Like I had this kind of, I basically had an hour, like 25, 30 minute version of what we've done here. Yeah. Oh, she felt bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you taught her. you teaching this. It's not just making her and feel I was, bad. I was like, I was like, like I'm not,
3: I, was like, I kept on saying, it's like, I'm not here to make you feel bad, but like, you know, have a little bit of perspective. Like, and like, before you start mouthing off about nonsense to people at a bar, yes, yes. like, I don't want to hear your problems. I'm also not the bartender. I'm not paid to be here. And they don't want to hear it either. But like... Yeah.
1: I'm not getting a tip at the end of this for listening no, to your problems. No. You didn't even buy
3: me a drink. <laughs> I think I actually bought her one because I'm like, yeah, here. Actually, we did. <laughs> like, here, have a good night. <laughs> and we still talk about that night, my buddy and I. Like She'll
1: never forget it.
3: I know. Fuck is no. that great? That's awesome. <laughs> And I have no idea what her damn problem was. And I'm the, I don't, if she walked in the door right now and it was your wife, maybe, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. But I remember the day that I was like, this is like the, the first time I'm breaking it out. I'm using it. I am going to use it. <laughs> and there's been other times where I was like, you should use this. I was like telling Abby, I was like, you got to use it sometimes. Like, That's
1: interesting. Do it. That I don't look- care.
3: If you, I'd rather someone else use it than me. Huh. Why not? If it helps i don't know get a reservation or if it like (laughs) gets you the front of the line or like gets you out of work for a day like you can a be honest which is sometimes you don't even want to be uh but i'm like use it you're my wife go for it now or your girlfriend before fiance like if you want it go
1: for it (laughs) you gotta deal with it anyway yeah
3: if it's gonna bring some light to your life do it (laughs) oh man i'd rather not though like i said like being mean like Usually, I just don't want to, like... Unless I'm just, like, screwing with my friends and, like, want to, like, randomly make them feel bad. Like, (laughs) my buddy had, like, shoulder surgery. He's like, oh, man, you wouldn't really know. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't get it, would I? (laughs) I have no idea. Must hurt. (laughs) Really bad. (laughs) With a shit-eating grin, yeah.
1: So, at the risk of getting, like, really saccharine here... Yeah. Do you have any, like, life lessons that you would like to tell the world or tell anybody who... You haven't opened up like this with, like, in your life.
3: I mean, no. I just, I for me, like, I, I don't have a world of wisdom. I have.
1: No, you do. I
3: do. I do. But I've, I have four years of shit that's, that's been thrown in my face, and I've dealt with it my way. Mm -hmm. And everyone has to deal with. And if you call it a journey, I will kick you in the dick. Oh, this is your journey. Oh, I hate it when people say that. I don't. It's not my journey. It's just my. It's the shit that got put in front of me that I just deal with. It's not not my journey. I didn't choose this. I don't. I don't think anyone chose it for me either. You just got to do it your own way. And like, even if other people want you to be a certain way or act a certain way, you just got to do it the way you're gonna do it. Not like be yourself, be who you're gonna be, but like, do what makes you happy. Like, if sitting at home, being by yourself, and like, curling up in a ball is gonna make you feel a certain way about your day, and that's what you want, you just do it. If doing what I did was being outgoing letting everyone know just being open book and making light of it or just still trying to be you but with you with cancer then do that i'm not a preacher to tell you how to live through day because i don't know it works doctors don't know it works we're all just running through here put this drug in your body see what happens give you that like take a pill what i don't know smoke some weed like <laughs> honestly like for me it was i had already been doing it yeah and then my my dad was like if it's gonna help you feel better you do it well i mean it always didn't always make me feel better but at times it did it gave me an appetite when i was maybe losing some pounds and i'm like time to put some weight back on now you know having done the year or so of treatment and not having a drink like i'm not an alcoholic i don't never even like have drinks at home it's just not something i do mm-hmm. but not going, an alco-
0: uh, alcoholic, but you got pretty drunk at a children's birthday party yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It
3: was at a brewery. Man.
0: Like,
3: <laughs> we all know like a one-year-old birthday party is not for the one-year-old. No. no not, not even like, no, like I made no. It a year with this child. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you all come in here, give me some booze, yeah. buy me a beer? <laughs> no, but like, I said, I was like, I, must, I like to go out and have a good time. As, yeah. as we were talking before, it's like what get, makes you happy? Going out and having a good time makes me happy. And now that I've like know that like having a drink here and there isn't gonna hurt me, or make things worse. Other than like I gotta tell you, a hangover, a really bad hangover, might actually be worse than it feels a day after chemo. <laughs> Which is always gets me like, why would I do this to myself? Yeah. But sometimes you're in the moment and a shot feels good. True. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. True indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: But yeah, no real words of wisdom other than, like I said, you just got to make it whatever it's going to be for
0: you. I think Dan would agree. Thank you so much for, so like, much. for like, this is, this it's has been, been like, exam. I like, cause I, like I consulted with my girlfriend about like, I want to ask this guy to do this. You know what I'm saying? But like,
3: you were even like, should we do this? Should I, can I ask you? Yeah. Text, yeah. She's like, should, I, I was like, I need, this I, is something I, gotta... I ask in person or I'm like, so, <laughs> I'm like, just out with it, man. <laughs> because
0: like I said, in this new phase of the podcast, this is like really like a learning experience for us and like and, and, like understanding ourselves understanding the world better and stuff like that. And like seriously because like, like you could have just been like no fuck that I don't want I don't want to talk about this. You know I and mean, like and so we really appreciate it. Truly. Really, no Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Let me ask you one last question. Yeah, of course. What are you proud of?
3: What am I proud of? I don't know. Like I do have like a sense of pride that like I've been able to stay alive for the past 4 years. I mean I I guess I can be proud of that. Am I my proud? I graduated college. No, because we, you yeah. know, being privileged white kids from suburbia, well, two of us here, um, <laughs> <laughs> privilege that that was expected and gone for. Like, my proud of my job. I'm proud that I have a job and able to continually have one through this process. I'm not sure if that's more on me or be just really nice people I work for. I would say I'm more proud that like I could say that I have a network of support around me that somehow was cultivated through the years of me just being me without cancer. And these people are continuously in my life. Like my wedding was filled with people that I've been friends with since I was four or five years old. I mean, I have buddies that I talk to on a regular basis still. I mean, this was happening pre and post, you know, the cancer that I've known my entire life. Like I have great friends from like every single place I've been, you know, whether it was growing up, whether it was in college or, I mean, the best man in my wedding was a buddy I met first job here in D.C. What I'm proud of is that somehow, some way, like I've been able to continuously keep these friendships and make new ones. It's funny, like when you make a wedding list, you cut people out that you're like, well, I haven't talked to that guy in four years. Yeah, I was in his wedding four years ago, but I haven't talked to him in four years. Yeah. Well, bro, you're out. Like, yeah. it's a reflection of where you are right now in your life mm-hmm. and the people who are in your life. And it's weird to think that, like, you know, some of my best friends I've... I, in my mind, my best friends right now are people I met two years ago, a year ago. And then you still see people that you're best friends with from your yeah. childhood. I mean, it says something about how I've maintained the relationships or just good people in the world. So I am proud to have all those friends. And, you know, like, somehow with a beautiful woman who... uh <laughs> wants to be there through every damn thing I do which is nuts. It makes no sense. <laughs> it really makes no sense whatsoever cuz she is so much hotter than me too. Like and I mean I, I get reminded of that from everyone. Like dude. Like every single one of her friends and mine, like the wedding cards, Ben is so lucky. <laughs> Not one said Abby is so lucky. I get it. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> but like yeah, I mean It makes no sense and yeah, I'm gonna hang my hat on that. (laughs) Literally, I put a ring on it so no one else would. Fuck all (laughs) (laughs) y'all. We gotta
2: end on that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Well, Ben, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, man. This has been fun. You're fantastic. Appreciate it. it. You've got a lot to be proud of. Good times. Yeah, Yeah. 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 no doubt about it. Thank you. Well done.
2: Is it the fault of the spider for reaching out? Is it the fault of the wire for passing?